Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Chris Dreyer. Chris is the CEO and founder of Rankings.io, one of the most successful SEO agencies in the country that helps elite personal injury law firms land serious injury and auto accident cases through Google's organic search results. His company has the distinction of making the Inc. 5000 list five years in a row. He is also a podcast host and author of Niching Up, The Narrower the Market, The Bigger the Prize. He shares his personal stories of the lessons he's learned and how he found great opportunities that come to those who simplify. So this is going to be an excellent conversation today. I love talking about niches and niching down and what are some of the cool benefits and drawbacks of doing just that. So Chris, thank you so much for joining me. And welcome to the show. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Dude, so, you know, it sounds like you and I are cut, you know, from a similar cloth. You know, we both run digital marketing agencies. Tell me a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Great question. I'm super competitive. It comes from my father. My dad said and brought me up with, you only play the game for one reason, to win. I know that sounds really Ricky Bobby-ish where... You know, you're just you're just competing at a high level, and it made family night, you know, Monopoly or or the game of life really awkward <laughs> in some scenarios. But it was really beneficial for the the growth of me as a human in sports and in any career endeavor, especially in in my agency and how it's developed. What kind of sports did you play? Just out of curiosity, I played baseball and basketball. I was a shortstop and pitcher. And then in basketball, I was the, I was the captain of our conference. I was a really strong basketball player, had, you know, handful of scholarships. I was a point guard, I'm much bigger now back then. I was really lean and mean at about 170. And yeah, I was, I thought that was my future. I thought that I was going to stay in the athletic space and be a coach and be a college coach, but. And then you realize it just doesn't pay that well. Right. Right. Well, eventually, mm -hmm. right. If I went the college way, but that first time sitting in the detention room and on my way to that, that epic run to be a college coach, I Googled how to make money online and found Ed Dale's course on how to make your first $10 with digital marketing. And that got me hooked. You know, what's interesting about the digital marketing space. And I think a lot of us have come up, you know, have come up this way is not only the lower barrier of entry in order to be not only proficient, but to excel at it, but also, uh, you know, to really think about it in terms of like these building blocks of layering one on top of each other in order to make it work. And one of the interesting things 
that you did is that you decided to focus on lawyers and law firms and not just any old law firm, you know, like the personal injury side, which is one of the most competitive niches of the niches to, you know, to get involved with. Is that just another product of you? I'm going to eviscerate everybody in my space in order to do it? Or was there something else that uh, that sort of brought you into that space? It's a great question. Mine was data-based. It was very clear. 70% of my revenue was coming from less than 40% of my clientele, which was the personal injury space. There was this quote that I read in the one-page marketing plan. They asked this bank robber, we're like, you know, why did you rob the bank? It's like, well, that's where the money was at. In the legal industry, there's a lot of money in the PI space. They're heavy advertisers, heavy advertisers. It's completely saturated. You drive into any city, you're going to see tons of billboards. You're going to watch them on daytime television. And I knew that with competition, it demanded expertise. If you were in trademark law, you might be the only one in a city. And to rank on the first page of Google or in the map pack, no problem. But if you're in the PI space, it's a bloodbath. It's a war. And I knew that people would pay for that expertise. What's interesting about what you're talking about is you decided to jump headfirst then into a red ocean. Lots of personal injury lawyers and even more digital marketers who think that they can make a mark in that space. At first glance, right, when you first started looking at this, you know, was there like a twinge of, oh, geez, like, you know, what the hell am I getting myself into? Or was it just like, I knew I was going to go into this and I knew I was going to, I was going to dominate everybody. Good question. I listened to the Seth Godin interview where he was talking about the distinction of what a purple cow really is from his book. And he described it as being remarkable. And if you want to be remarkable, you have to be focused. And that was really the trigger. I already knew that I had a lot of revenue there. And I had this fear like everyone about niching that I'm just going to lose the scarcity mindset. But after any time that I went deeper, it actually was a benefit because my skills improved. I saw different opportunities. There's productization, higher, I could increase my prices, get better profit margins through efficiencies and illuminating waste. There's so many advantages in it. It was really beneficial for me. And I would kind of push back a little bit. I didn't jump just in a red ocean. I kind of created a blue ocean because as of right now, I only know one or two other agencies that specialize in personal injury law. There are a lot of legal marketing agencies, but only a few that really go all in on the PI space. So when you decided to, uh, you know, get started with this, one of the things that I see, right, especially when agencies start to niche down is that they think like, okay, I'm going to go after chiropractors, I'm going to go after dentists, you know, things like that. You're not only setting up a digital marketing plan for specifically for these businesses, which makes you the subject matter expert, like you said, in the, you know, in the personal injury space, but also you are working with a search engine that A, you don't own and B, you don't directly influence. Like you can't just call up Sergey Brin and say, hey, can you make this change for me? Right. Mm-hmm. How has that experience colored your success you know, throughout the past, I don't know, five to seven years, because there have been a lot of changes, you know, almost monthly, you know, just making the search engines better, making them more relevant. You also have more tools available. How did that look as you were coming up and perfecting your craft? While working with those PI attorneys, I got to understand how to provide them specifically value. 
what content to create, what links to build, how to improve their livelihood. They had different challenges like everyone in COVID. A personal injury attorney, majority of them get their revenue through auto accidents. And when people aren't driving to sporting events and getting out on the road, that was a serious challenge. But because I was in the space, I knew how to navigate it. I knew how to recommend to my clients to pivot to these other areas of the law. And I'll say this, you said it in the opening when you introduced me, Chris specializes in helping personal injury attorneys get auto accident cases. You didn't say, you didn't say leads or, or, or cases, business. not you leads. said auto accident cases, very mm-hmm. specific. That's specific. That's that. I'm not going to say that word because it's hard <laughs> to pronounce being so specific is very important because people like to do business with who are they're similar to. Who do they like more than themselves? They, they love themselves, right? So if I'm like them, I'm speaking the same language, they're more likely to do business with me. You know what's interesting about the whole idea of niching down, you know, and I'm really dating myself now, but I really bristled at the idea, like why would I only work with one specific group of people, no matter how big that group is? Now, I realize now with maturity and a little bit more knowledge, yeah, I've come to love the idea of niching down as opposed to bristling at it. But it does take some convincing, right? Not only because, you know, you want to dominate a specific skill set, you know, that you're able to go into the market and just say, look, I've done this already for these 20 and I can do it for you as well, right? But also what happens is, A, there's the competition, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, just that toxicness that, you know, marketers in general have, especially when they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, compete in other people's playgrounds, right? And also you know, like really making it interesting for your own business so that you can deliver, like you said, great value. Let's talk about a little bit about the idea of niching down and then just niching down again. Like you said, you know, lawyers and then personal injury and then just getting those personal injury people to focus specifically on a a specific caseload. How was that progression for you as, as you were coming up and sort of planning your strategy for making this work for your agency? Such a great question. And I'll answer it a bit differently than what some individuals might expect. I didn't have the awareness that the PI space was so competitive and had so much opportunity until I was in the legal space. Then I started to see that opportunity. And what's happened naturally is now that I'm in the PI space, I'm now even seeing a subset of the PI space in mass torts. And there is fear, right? You want to, you, you've created great work for 20 individuals and, and you're hoping to create great work for many other individuals in the future. But I would say with competence increases your confidence, the more competent you are. And Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about being an expert and you need to put 10,000 hours into a discipline before you're an expert. Imagine if you're trying to do Many things. How long would it take to, to put in that 10,000 10, hours for a particular industry? But because I'm just focused on PI, I've got the time and I've got the reps. I've, I've had my ups and downs. It's not been all, you know, sunshine and rainbows or whatever the saying may be. But that's my confidence has improved. So my confidence has too. So uh, when you are serving clients now, can you walk us through how those initial conversations start out? Does it start out from a position of uh, power and confidence, basically saying, 
hey guys, I've done this already 20 times for other people. I'm going to do this for you as well. How much of your time is based off of listening to the specific needs of this one particular of this one particular client? And how do you then craft a strategy that can help them, especially in their in their narrow marketplace? Great question. We there's a saying, you know, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. So we thoroughly diagnose any opportunity before we get started. We try to get the deepest understanding that we can so that we can create the most value as well in terms of, and that's the difference. You can go a productization route where it's repeatable and you kind of are commoditized, or you can go deeper and have a bespoke offering that's specific or custom to that individual. And that's what we've done is, is just a thorough diagnosis. Our, in terms of the brand perception and how people come to us, it's very intentional. You want to be seen as the choice. So the language you use, the copywriting, the social proof, your testimonials, your case studies, awards, all of those factor in kind of subliminally from a psychological impact. And because we're, we're every sales conversation is a conversation based upon trust. That's why the individuals that don't have the trust, they may ghost you because they don't see the value or they ask for references because they don't fully trust you. So you just got to be really intentional about your education and social proof to acquire that trust. And that's also where a diagnostic comes in. When you're diagnosing something and it's more specific to them, there's more trust because you put in more time. So all those things are factored into the brand perception uh, from the front end. So when you are engaged in this, in this diagnosis phase, right? I mean, basically what we're talking about here is almost like a, a pre-proposal, if you will you know, where you're trying to figure out what's going on. One of the things I always found frustrating was when a client would try to hire me for one specific, uh, for one specific action. Say, for example, they just wanted me to SEO their site, but their website Mm -hmm. was crap and they wouldn't let me touch that. Right. And it wasn't really conducive to, you know, to collective leads, didn't have a good uh, call to action in the right places, you know, didn't have great content. And, you know, you almost... it almost felt like you're in a knife fight with handcuffs, right? And you're trying to make this happen. How do you then handle when clients become resistant to the other things that they're going to need in order to make the overall campaign successful? You know, how does that look in your world? That is one of the biggest disadvantages to niching so deeply. There's a reason why Walmart now sells groceries. It's because one of the things and Alex Hermosi talks about this in his $100 million offers book that one of the components of value is decreasing effort and sacrifice by the consumer. So when an individual comes to me and we do just, just SEO and they want media buying or they want a branding package or whatever, and I don't do it, I need to be aware that that's a weakness of, of my agency because there are some agencies that do it all you know, your Hawk media where it's, you know, a la carte and they have all these things and, and that's great. Huberman's done a good job, but I need to be aware of that. So I need to find partners that can still solve my prospect or client's pain and make the effort for them as low as possible. So I need to go find the best ads person or the social person or media buying. And that's what you have to do. And it also sets up. So for every downside, you can flip it into a positive. It sets up referral relationships because 
the best way to to get referrals is to give referrals. It's not to just buddy up, be buddy buddy and send them gift boxes for holidays. If you're sending them revenue, they will want to reciprocate and send you revenue back. I really love the fact that you you brought up the idea of uh, working with partners that aren't in your wheelhouse, right? Because I think what happens is that when a lot of people, you know, get into this business, they think like, okay, yeah, I can handle this. All I got to do is watch a few YouTube videos and I'll figure out Facebook ads or I'll figure out uh, Google paid ads or I'll figure out social media and things like that. And what happens is that it's a, you know, you dilute your value. You segment the time that you need to be dedicated, you know, within your zone of, within your zone of genius. And, you know, while you're chasing that dollar, you are actually hobbling yourself and shooting yourself in the foot at the same time. And one of the interesting things that I went through, especially when, you know, when I was up and coming is that I, you know, I was in that phase. I tried to be all things to all people. And it just got to the point where I had one client that I just realized I was not serving them anymore. I was not serving them at a great level, whatever. And I wrote them a check back. I said, look, I can't help you. You know, basically I fired a client, which is, you know, nobody wants to do. But at the end of the day, five minutes after that check left my hand, you know, A, it freed up a lot of headspace to, you know, to work with the clients that I, you know, that I really was delivering value for. But also it created more opportunities, you know, for me to go out there and, you know, really work with those clients as well. So I really appreciate you, you know, bringing that part to the forefront because it really is that important. Like, you know, people really do need to understand like, yeah, I know a thing or two about personal branding, for example, but should I really be doing this? You know, and then you move on. Yeah. And I want to emphasize one thing that you're saying here. We're, We're talking about optionality. When you niche, it doesn't mean you have to say no to every single opportunity. It means you have the option to choose those that you can serve, that you do have a purpose and passion to help. Just because I do specialize in PISEO, occasionally I may take a client that's not a personal injury attorney. Right now I'm working with a divorce attorney in Alabama and we're having a great time. We're, we're working together and it's, it fits. They don't all, but you get that optionality. I love it. I was wondering if you would be able to walk us through a case study of someone that came into your business and, you know, they were really like not in a good position. And then through the work that you've done, you were able to help them out and really blow their business out of the water. How did that look? Geez, there there are a handful that come immediately to mind. Um I'll think about, we, we had a Houston client that came to us when they were about 20 to 30 employees. They were struggling on the Google side. They were getting referrals and getting leads from other sources. And we came in and applied our systems and processes and, and did the deep dive. And now they're 140, 150 people spanning multiple locations across the U S and that's a big big success. We've been on the the tail end too, where we had a client, it's actually the third most visited PI site in the U S and we had them for eight years and we're just doing incredible work. And, uh, this was Matt Dolman, Dolman law group. And, and he got a little shiny objects in there and we're good buddies. And we, we laugh about this and, you know, he, he started with just us and he wanted to go see what another agency could do. And, 
and he didn't have the best experience. He lost a lot of momentum as traffic value tremendously suffered and, and came back. So I think that, that there's these cycles that occur in the agency space. And as long as you're treating people with integrity, I'd imagine that individual that you refunded probably has the best view about you. And if they know someone that's a, a good fit for you, they are definitely going to send them because that it's trust. They now trust you. Like I can't serve you. Here's your money back. But guess what? If they think of someone that you can help, they're going to send them your way. You know, I love that you brought that up because I do have also in my wheelhouse, a few examples of that where, you know, like you try to give the most honest information available, right? When someone calls you up and they have this great idea and they want to throw, they want to throw a couple of stacks at you and you know, the power to say no, like, Hey, you know something? I don't think that this is the right thing. I don't want to take your money because I don't want to fire you. And I don't want you to fire me three months down the line. Right. I've seen this at least, at least four or five times in my career where they come back to me three, four, six years later, like, Hey, you were the one who talked to me honestly. Right. You were the one that said, don't go down this route. And what happens is that it just, you know, it's good karma. Right. Because if I was just chasing money, like, yeah, of course I would have taken it. Right. But if I wasn't in a position to really make it to really make it work, it it, it doesn't feel right. It's not you know, it's not great. And, you know, you just want to it's not the kind of it's not the kind of business I want to be in. And what I find when doing that is that it really opens you up you know, to being able to serve, you know, the rest of your clients at a much higher level. So I really appreciate you sharing that as well. Uh, uh, Chris, can you please tell everyone where they can find you online and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So if you can connect with me, that's the I'm most active on that social media network. But we, you can also visit our website at rankings.io. And if you want to, if you're a personal injury attorney listening, if you want to check out my podcast, it's the Personal Injury Mastermind. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a great conversation and I really appreciate you breaking down these concepts for us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. 
And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.